Welcome to episode 6 of HearthCast.com, a podcast for the average World of Warcraft player with your hosts, Root, the Warlock Gnome with more macros and actual spells, and Freckleface, dedicated to helping you have less QQ in your game. In this episode, we're going to see what's up in the game, out of game, and what's going on with Blizzard. We have some greetings and salutations to some people, and some website updates. And we're also going to cover this week's email. Um, our main content of the week is the add-on auctioneer. Yes, and we're going to go through some tips of the week, my auction house tip of the week, Freckleface's game tip of the week, some fishing for wishes. And we're going to cover some patch notes, our add-on of the week, Freckleface's word of the week, and we'll give you some funny anecdotes. So, Freckleface, what is going on with you this week in the world of Warcraft? Well, I feel like I had a productive week. Um Okay. I finally got done the quest or the achievement for the alliance, which gave me a black war bear. Nice. And when I got that, it gave me an achievement for getting twenty five mounts. Um, so then there's another one above that, which will give you an albino drake at fifty mounts, which I'm shooting for. Also, I got fifty pets, oh. and I got an extra special pet for that stinker, um, little skunk. That's a little so skunk, cute. yeah. 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 So that's Cutest awesome. skunk I've ever seen. Is that the only skunk you've ever seen? No. Oh, okay. Just checking. You never know these things, you know. So what's going on with you, Root? Well, you know, I got a little bit of crow's feet to eat this week. Uh, my egg hatched, and it did not hatch into my mount, uh, my flying mount. It hatched into a little uh, little pet, little pet dragon to follow me around. I'm sorry, little pet snake to follow me around, little red snake. Um, I did go back and get another egg though, so this this week I'm I'm positive it's it's the flying mount this week. I'm getting the Drake this week, and uh, you know you and I've been hanging out in the arena, uh, which ironically something you and I did just for uh, for giggles, and we've actually won a couple, which is surprising in and of itself to me. So what's going on, Blizzard Root? The biggest thing I can say is going on that's made enough news this week with Blizzard has been their recent announcement and a change of their add-on policy in the fact that they are now specifically not allowing people to charge directly for add-ons. And we're going to cover that later on in the podcast because uh, I think a lot of people have this one wrong. So it's, you know, stay tuned for that one. And uh, listen also for some new talent is possibly going to be joining our show uh, we're always looking for either new talent, new people, people to interview, people to talk with, people to come in on a regular basis, uh, short segments to add to the show. So if you'd like to contribute in any way, listen later on the podcast. We'll tell you exactly how to do that. Do want to give a quick shout out to all of our listeners. We thank you so much for making our podcast what it is, the world-renowned and now world-famous podcast that it has become. Also, a nice shout out to all of our guildmates on uh, the Gorgonosh server. And a special shout-out to one of the folks that emailed us this week. That will be almost on the Eridar server. Our website, as always, can be found at www.hearthcast.com. Our email address, if you need to get a hold of us or send us any information or questions or comments, is contribute at hearthcast.com. You can also find our show on iTunes. And you can also contact us by filling out the form on our website underneath the Be Part of Our Show link. And we are adding a new and exciting feature, which we'll talk about a little bit later on, about how to get a hold of us. All right, now with our website, we have a new hotline. 
It's an ANC Highline. It's now live. It is 321-558-7637. You can leave your message, comment, shout out, anything else you'd like to do. Now, the HearthCast ANC Hotline is sponsored in part by Key Thing Marketing Technologies and the ACN Network. All messages left will be listened to, and if you have an ACN video phone, you can leave a video message, which will show on our website. Again, that number is 321-558-7637. So go ahead and leave us a uh, message on that, and we will have those on the podcast as well. Our contest, by the way, Freckleface, is still going on. That's the contest for our 100 new subscribers to our feed burner. And once we get those 100 new subscribers to feed burner, we're going to carry this out to the end of the month, by the way. Once we get those 100 new subscribers, someone from random will be chosen. And we are going to award them the uh, World of Warcraft mouse uh, that's out there. It's about a $100 mouse. We're going to reward them that. So tell your friends, tell your coworkers, tell anybody you know. Go ahead and sign up for our feed burner email list and we will make sure that whoever wins gets that free of charge now on to our email questions Freckleface, what's in the email bag this week all right this week we have a question from marissa and it says i'm an enchanter and can usually make a decent amount of gold enchanting things for people in main cities since wrath of the lich king my guildmates have been asking for enchants to the items but are expecting me to do the enchant for less gold than I usually get. Mm. What is the proper protocol for doing things for guildmates? Now, Marissa, the reason why people expect a discount is because as a guild member, you are part of a network. And this is a network that people will rely on to get anything done. Now, when you sell in trade chat, you are getting an immediate but quantified profit. But when you craft for a guildie for the basic cost of the mats, you are still profiting, but in a different way. You're establishing yourself as someone who is invested in the guild. And when that guild starts to recognize you as someone who is willing to help out, they will be willing to do whatever they can do to help you. So while that profit may not be immediately, it will probably be worth more to you than a small amount of gold. So that's something basically one hand washes the other, one person scratches the other person's back. Yeah, um, you know, if you're doing something good for your guild, they're gonna do something good for you. Is that what I'm hearing? Exactly. Gotcha. Um, we have another one here from Kidorian. Uh, I love these names. It says I'm leveling up a healer and keep having lag issues so bad that people are dying on my watch. What can I do to reduce lag in the game? You know, and I hear this question a lot from different people, different locations that they might be lagging in. And while the game does have some issues with some of the major cities if you're experiencing lag overall in a game or in an instance or in a particular raid or anything uh, there's several things you have to look at number one how many other programs is your computer running at the time you're running World of Warcraft are you you know maxing out your computer do you have the latest drivers installed for uh, your video card and your network card um, what is your network doing are there other people on your network that are you know, hogging the available bandwidth while World of Warcraft does not take up an excessive amount of bandwidth because most of the information is stored in your local computer, it's still got to communicate. So you make sure that nobody else is uh, hogging up a lot of resources on your on your on your network by either streaming video or you know downloading some torrents or whatever the case might be. Also, go back in our RSS feed or in our archives, and you'll see some things about me talking about uh, changing from Lagaran to Dalaran when I when I was lagging so bad. In Dalaran, 
Uh, all I did was go through and open up some of the ports and actually establish what's called quality of service, QoS, on my router to WoW's ports for gameplay, and it significantly increased my gameplay ability. Uh, I don't lag at all now in Dalaran. Anybody who has those issues in Dalaran should automatically go listen to that particular podcast. So in addition to making sure that your computer is running fast and has the latest drivers and nobody else is doing anything on your network, go ahead and optimize your network for the world of Warcraft. Now, we have talked for weeks and weeks. Every time I give an auction house tip, I always tell people to make sure you have the auctioneer add-on and to make sure you scan the auction house on a daily basis. So this week, our main content is going to be all about auctioneer settings. Now, I'm not going to go into the greatest of detail on all of them, just on the ones that will be sure to turn a profit in the most uh, easiest way, in the fastest way, without getting a ton of things uh, to go through. Number one, default settings, avoid them at all costs. The they can't just send out an add-on optimized for everybody on the World of Warcraft. Number one, each realm is different. So something that might sell for four gold on one realm might sell for 20 gold on another. So there's no way to actually send these things out optimized. Also, if I was an add-on developer and I am sending out an add-on, I'm not going to optimize it for somebody because then I'm going to be directly responsible for what they are doing in-game. So you have to be able to optimize it. So your default settings, you know, stay away from them. And the reason people do use those default settings is because they don't know any better. Uh, they figure, hey, this thing's going to make me a lot of gold. I'm going to use it for what you know how it comes, and they're just not going to make enough of a profit. Also, the thing that you have to look into and be careful about, and Freckleface, I know you had this issue just a couple weeks ago, uh, where undercutting can be the circle of death. Where you had, didn't you have something that somebody put up and it was undercutting you, and then someone undercut them, and suddenly the price of that item completely oh, plummeted? It was, a, it was a gnomish army knife, and it takes 10 serenite bars to make. And there are so many people selling it, it was going for less than a gold. Right, because everybody else started undercutting the other person to try to actually sell that thing. And people don't pay attention. And they just start undercutting, 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 undercutting. And we'll talk about that and how to stay away from that. Now, to to configure Auctioneer, you want to go into the auction house, go talk to the auctioneer so you get your little uh, auctioneer window that pops up. And you have a little button that says configure. Click on that. And what we're going to look at are a couple different modules. The first one is our match module. Underneath the match module, we're going to look at undercut. Now, we are going to enable the auctioneer match undercut in two locations. We have a max under market price, which is uh, how much below market price you're willing to sell, and your max over market price, which is means if there's no competition, how much over market price are you willing to go? What I typically recommend people do is to set their max under market price at about 2%. What will happen there is when people are looking to buy something, they're going to look to buy it cheaper than the next guy. They're going to want to save money. Even if it's a couple silver, it's still perceived as a saving money. So 2% lower than anybody else is going to actually have your item sell without greatly affecting the market price of that item. And your max overprice, if you don't have any competition, typically I set it at 30% unless it's a hide item. We'll talk about that in a minute here. But I typically keep mine set at about 30%. So if I don't have any competition out there, I'll take the market price of the item, jack it up by 30%, and list my item out on the on the market for that. Always, always, always in that module, there's a little button that says Show Tooltip for the market value. Always show the market value of the item so you know what it actually goes for. Uh, that will, will show you the actual market value of that item, even if it's in your bag and you're not anywhere near the auctioneer. 
I'm moving on to the utility modules, the util modules. Um, Auto magic, turn that all off. That shouldn't even be in there. What that is set to do is save you some time. Uh, yeah, right. All that's going to do is cause you pain and anguish because you're automatically going to sell something you didn't mean to sell. You're going to buy something you didn't mean to buy. So just turn all that off and actually take control of your own auction uh, settings that you're doing. Further down, your items suggest you want to include your skills, but not the skills of your guildy. What this is going to do, this is going to tell you what to, how to take care of the item you've got. Do you want to sell it? Do you want to keep it? Do you want to vendor it? Do you want to auction it? What are all the settings are? All your options are. It's got, you know, some basic skills that are in there uh, for trade goods. And you want to actually, if you don't have those skills, drop them down to zero. Don't list those skills of your guildies. Remember, in this particular portion of the game, this is about you. So go down there. If you don't have any of those skills, drop them down to zero. Be extremely honest with this part of the game. On the bias, set it all right in the middle, right to 100. This is going to let you know, you know, what would the vendors do? How much would the vendors charge for this? How much of this price, you know, where the item get priced at? Sit that right in the middle so it doesn't show any kind of bias. Always include your, de your uh, deposit costs and your uh, figuring on what you're going to do with your items in the chest. Always include your deposit cost. Average number of listings, set that to three. What this is going to do is basically it's going to take into consideration if there was a uh, an undercutting war going on. So it'll, it'll actually drop down the price a little bit. Set that to about three. And... Include all of your auction house brokerage costs. So that way you know what it's actually going to cost you to sell that item. So you get the actual, the best ability for auctioneer to suggest what you're going to do with that item. Now one of the coolest things I like about auctioneer is a scan finish. Uh, when you get to the scan finish, you are going to allow the execution of events below once a successful scan completes. So once it's done scanning, it can do something. Sound and emote. Have it play a sound and do a little emote. I do that because I'm never in front of the computer when it's scanning. Uh, you can have it send a message to like uh, your guildies or to a private person or whatever the case might be. When I come in in the morning, every morning, load up my computer or turn it on, make sure I'm in WoW, and I run my auction house scan, and I go off and either make breakfast, make some coffee, take a shower, whatever the case might be, I'm going on with my normal routine. At the end of my successful scan I actually shut down wow so i come back and just wow my computer's ready to go now i can get on with my day i can pack up my computer if i'm leaving uh, to go work somewhere else whatever the case might be i can take care of myself and let it let that you know let auctioneer take care of itself if you are unsure about an item you have or if that item that you have is not a run-of-the-mill item like uh, berean leather then you want to use the appraiser tab if you go to the appraisal tab, it's going to tell you not only how many of those you have, uh, you tell it what model to use, where you're going to use market value or bottom scan or whatever. You always use a market value on that, by the way. Use price matching, your duration set to 48 hours. It's going to give you all the information, your deposit, your total bid, your total buyout. It's going to give you the most information about that particular item as possible. Now, the biggest thing to remember when you're using appraiser is to always get the latest information down on the bottom. And there's a little thing, a little refresh button. It'll tell you how long ago that information was updated. It may say, you know, 20 hours, 20 minutes, four days, whenever the last time was updated. Click the refresh button. It's going to give you the latest information about that item that you're about to post. I did this just this morning, and I had a price jump of over three gold on an item, which I know is not a lot, but if I had posted it with old information, then I would have you know, been leaving three gold on the table. So because I hit that refresh button there, it was, it was, hey, hey, you know what? This thing's now worth 
three more gold on the auction house than it was before. So if you've got a hide item or just something you're not familiar with or not 100% sure of, use the appraiser tab to auction that item off. Now, another really cool thing about Auctioneer is you have the ability to just sit there and buy and sell on the auction house and make gold left and right. There are two things you want to look for. This is over in the search tab, by the way. If you want to make quick money, you look at the resale and the vendor tabs. When you go to resale, you can set your stuff up, your minimum profit, five gold. Do not allow bids. Allow buyouts. Your price valuation is always going to be, of course, market value. You hit your search. Now you're going to search by profit or buyout. It's going to show you on here people who have listed things on the auction house for sale, and they've listed them too cheaply. They just don't know what they're doing. So you go in there and you say, okay, I want to see something. I want to make a minimum of five, profit, uh, five gold profit on this. I don't want any bids because I want this right now. So only buyouts. I want the market value of the item versus the list of the thing. I'm going to sort it by profit. I'm going to sort it by buyout. Doing this, I can sit in the auction house and just sit there and buy things and sell things and re-listen for 5, 10, 15, 20 gold, 100 gold, whatever the case might be, simply because somebody doesn't know what they have and how to sell it. So I'll take advantage of the information that Auctioneer provides me in order to make a profit off of somebody else's blunder. You can do the same thing with the vendor tab. When all the vendor tab is going to tell you is if somebody has listed something on the auction house for less money than what you can actually sell it to a vendor for. Now, when this happens, you buy the items out. You do the same type of thing. You look at your five gold profit, whatever the case might be. And now you get the items that people have put up in the auction house that you actually make more money for selling it to a vendor for. So now you buy it and you run across to a vendor and you sell it to the vendor. And you're actually going to make more money. Now, one of the things to be very, very, very careful on here is, is the common sense factor that nobody can teach you. If you see an item that is, for instance, a level 17 robe, um, a green robe that you know someone can wear for a level 17 character has no stats and no abilities, and that item is selling for over a hundred thousand gold. Use your common sense. Right now, one of the ways that people are actually moving bought gold through the game of World of Warcraft is putting something up on the auction house of little to no value and setting it as a buyout price of over a hundred thousand gold or however much gold they've just bought. So you will see this in both the resale and the vendor thing. More likely you see it in vendor than resale, but you'll have someone put up something that is absolute trash and have it set for over 100,000 gold. Don't buy it and go, oh, I can resell this for 100,000 gold because you'll see that all the time. Like someone's, someone has a, a robe and they're selling the robe for 12 silver and the actual price that the nose of the market price for that particular item is 104,000 gold. Well, the reason that item is 104,000 gold is because that's the item that a particular gold seller, gold buyers are using to transport their gold. So don't buy an item of that that costs seven, you know, 17 silver that has a market value of 104,000 gold, thinking I'm going to strike it rich and make it rich. It ain't going to happen. More than likely, all you're going to do is attract the attention you don't want from Blizzard, thinking you're actually trying to transport gold. So just don't do it. Don't waste your time. Since our overall theme this week, Freckleface, is auctioneer, the tip of the week for my auction house is how to avoid the undercutters that are out there. We've already talked about them. We know they're there. We know people don't understand what they're doing. So you need to know how to actually avoid getting stuck by undercutters. Number one is you have to know what the market price of that item is. And the only way 
to know the market price of the item is to continually scan the auction house on a daily basis, make it part of your routine. Don't be afraid to hold on to something if the auction house is on a downward turn, just like your Gnomish Army Knights. If those things are starting to drop, hold on to them. Don't throw them out there you know, and lose money on them. Hold on to them. The price will eventually rebound once all those have cleared off of the auction house. Prices don't stay low forever. They kind of vary you know, when what's going on in the game, what's going on in the week, what items are hot, what patch notes are coming out. So items will always fluctuate. So if you think something is low, hold on to it. Throw it in your bank. Also, advertise what you're trying to sell in places where the auction house doesn't exist. Go to Dollar Ant. Advertise there. Go out in the middle of nowhere where there, there you might be 10, 15, 30 people. Say, hey, you know what? I have this for sale. I'll save you the trip to the auction house. People will buy in odd places of the game instead of going on there. Now, always watch the auction house when prices are falling. Because if prices do get down too low, you can always buy those things up, reset the auction house. And this We went back a couple weeks ago. We talked about cornering the market by buying out stuff that's all low. When stuff drops in too low of a price, if you need to clean it out, Go ahead and clean it out, buy them at that low price, and then come back and reset that market rate by listing it at the actual market value. So the biggest thing to avoid undercutters is purely patience. So I've taken up enough time with auctioneer stuff already today. Freckleface, what do you have? What kind of tips do you have this week? Now, my tip of the week is for hoard only. Okay. Now, most of us have bank alts. Yes. And really the best place for hoard to leave your bank alt is Silvermoon. And the reason why is there is a vendor, her name is Andra, she sells linen, wool, silk, and mage weave cloth. Now, it is in limited quantities, but the price that she sells it at is well below the market price. So if every time that you log on, you run your character over to her, buy what she has, you know, it's a very simple flip. Um, and it is unfortunate that they don't have an alliance equivalent for this. She's the only vendor that sells this cloth here. You know what, Freckleface? I'm cringing right now, and I'll, you want to know why? Why? In the majority of uh, auctioneer or gold-making secret books that people purchase, which I never have, by the way. I help I help these guys out with their websites. But that is one of their top ten secrets that they actually tell you that people pay for. Uh, and that secret is just like you said. Go to a vendor who sells things in limited quantities that are typically located right by an auction house and go back and post that on the auction house. It's almost like a daily quest for your bank alt. Well, not everything that's sold in limited quantities sells. No, you have to know which ones to get. Right. Because, you know, I shared another secret with you where my bank alt is parked. And it's something that I turn 15 to 20 gold on, on on a regular basis. Oh, exactly. So, yeah, it's something. just look around. Look at vendors and see what they have. Now, just like Freckleface said, you've got to know what's going to sell and what's not going to sell. You know, if you've got a guy walking by you that's selling pies, it ain't going to sell. But look for stuff that people need and use, and you, you turn a profit on that. That's a great tip, a great tip. All right. So, done any fishing this week, Freckleface? This week, what I fished up is Princess Kaliamenthal's Copper Coin. Mm. And what it says on it is, I hope that handsome nobleman Lord Prester notices me. He's so dreamy. So what's that all about? Well, Kali Menthol is actually Arthas' sister. And she was engaged to Lord Davil Prester. But he mysteriously disappeared before they got married. Mm. 
So, now there isn't a whole lot of known about her at the time. In fact, no one really knows what happens to her. But there's speculation that what we're going to find out is there's a novel coming out. It's called Arthas Rise of the Lich King. It's being released on April 21st. That will let us know a little bit more about her fate. So if you are into lore, um, and you want to know a little background about Arthas, that's a good novel to check out right there. Oh, wow. That's, so that's something that's going to be available in bookstores then, huh? Exactly. That'd be kind of cool. Now, we talked about earlier in the show our patch notes. And the patch note that we're going to be talking about today is Blizzard announcement of add-on developers not being able to directly charge for their add-ons. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to give everybody a little warning here because I'm about to go off on a little bit of a rant, but it's well worth it. The majority of people that I've heard discuss this topic on various podcasts are all up in arms about what's going to happen. We're going to have a revolt. People are going to quit developing. We've even had some add-on developers out there come back and say, you know what, if I can't charge this, it's over. I'm done. This is the last installment of this particular add-on. Now, as our listeners, I'm going to ask you for for a huge favor. Send these guys emails. Tell them to come listen to this podcast or to send me an email because I will give them what I'm about to give you guys because here's the deal. Thus far, I've only heard one person almost get the answer right. BRK over on the Wild Insider podcast said that developers would find other ways to find income. And the niche that I develop for is quite common to give something away for free and still make money on the entire deal. With the audience in WoW, it is quite possible to apply the same logic, give away an add-on, and make money on the back end for free. The fundamental change that needs to be made is one of definition. The majority of add-on developers think they're in the add-on development business, and they are wrong. They are in the business of marketing of an add-on business. The simple shift in thinking opens up a myriad of income possibilities. Now, here are six, count them, six, one, two, three, four, five, six ways that add-on developers can easily make money off their add-ons without directly charging for them, which does not interfere with what Blizzard just said. This opens up a huge realm of possibilities here. The first thing they can do and should be doing, by the way, they should be doing these from day one, a paid newsletter. If the add-on itself is worth paying for, it means you've got a loyal audience. You give them a weekly or monthly newsletter, and you make more money off the newsletter than you would have by a one-time sale of the add-on. All you have to do is make that newsletter full of information about you, yourself, what you're doing, what the add-on is doing, any kind of feature request, upcoming stuff. Just make it worthwhile. People will pay money for that paid newsletter. It arrives in their mailbox. It arrives in their email, whatever the case might be. You can make money just by having a paid newsletter. Second way to make money on this thing is, pay, is called piggybacking. If you've got a newsletter that actually arrives in somebody's mailbox on their front doorstep, what happens here is you can have paid name placements, advertisements, inserts that piggyback along with your newsletter. It doesn't cost you anything. You see, postage is calculated by weight up to a certain weight cost a specific amount. The next range goes up from there. If you're mailing under a certain weight, you're giving, away, you're giving the post office stuff for free, giving them space. So if your mailing is under a certain weight, you stuff that envelope full of paid advertising until the weight cap is reached. And people will pay you to put their advertisements in your envelope. So it doesn't cost you a dime. White labeling, private labeling, and sponsorship. Big companies love advertising. 
So, for example, Quest Helper becomes SwagDog.com's Quest Helper or whatever. Hey, look, if casinos are willing to draw their advertising on the back of some boxer who's going to get knocked out in 20 minutes, there is an open market for add-on sponsorship. Number four, paid interviews, podcasts, telephones, keynotes. Look, if you're a big-name add-on developer, capitalize on that. Become the rock star. You set a price for your time, and you let people know you're available to talk or make guest appearances. You become a celebrity in your own niche. Fifth way, a free easing with an affiliate system. You just required email registration for this. is so simple. If you don't want to have the paid newsletter, go for the free easing. This is one that gets published on a weekly basis. It's got notes and information about the add-on, development tips, tricks, how to use it, pre-release download locations, beta testing, and, of course, affiliate links or some kind of pay-per-click advertising set up within the easing itself. This goes out. Everybody doesn't cost you much to do, and you're getting a direct benefit from that hitting everybody's email box. Private add-on program. This is the sixth way to do it. If you're an add-on programmer, make yourself available for add-on programming for a fee. There are tons of ideas floating around out there for add-ons, but people either don't know how to do it, they don't have the time, they don't have the knowledge, they don't have the patience. So you put yourself out there for hire and you make some money. The immediate thing that happened on this thing is that people came back and they said, you know what, Blizzard just said we can't make money off this thing and now my whole world's coming down. They had a negative reaction, a knee-jerk reaction to the situation. All they need to do is step back and go, okay, what did Blizzard actually say? Blizzard said I can't advertise in my thing, I can't put a donation button in my thing. I, I can't ask for money, and I can't charge for my add-on. And I've just given you six ways that you can actually make money based on what Blizzard is doing. Paid newsletter, piggybacking, white label, private label sponsorship, paid interviews, a free easing with an affiliate system, and a private add-on programming. So this is not a bad thing. All you have to do is shift your focus, and you'll still make money. So again, our listeners, please, please send the add-on developers an email and say, look, you're not. it's not over. Just need to look at a different way to do it. And that ends my rant. I can round down off my soapbox and we get back to the actual podcast that we're doing this week. All right. Very well, that was actually very informative. Now, when we come to the part about our add on of the week, now we did talk extensively about auctioneer. And you can get that at auctioneeraddon.com. And you do need to you do want to set it to scan at least once a day. Um, more will be helpful. Everyone should use it. And another way to keep it updated is by using Wow Matrix, which will help you update all of your add-ons all at one time. Yeah, see, that's the thing. If you're going to have to update Auctioneer to get the latest version of Auctioneer, then you have to go to the website, download it, install it, drag the files over into the add-ons. Don't waste your time with that. Just go get Wow Matrix and, and go from there. Just click the one button update. But yeah, everybody use it. It makes you money. It helps you out. Use it all the time. Get it from, what's that website again? Auctioneeraddon.com. Auctioneeraddon.com. Go there, get Auctioneer, and use it. It, it, can't go, it can't steer you wrong. What's in the uh, word of the week this week, Freckleface? Well, this week I was inspecting a warrior, and I noticed that he was wearing a neck piece called a chained military gorget. Now, that is spelled G-O-R-G-E-T. Um, and looking at it, I thought it might be gorget. But you say it exactly Ooh, like you would gorgeous, gorgeous, only it's gorget. Now, most neck pieces, when I kind of look at it, I imagine what it'll look like in real life. Um, I would kind of imagine them to be decorative. You know, there's necklaces, pendants, chokers. But a gorget is actually a medieval neck armor. So it is specific Ooh. armor for the neck. But it hasn't been used since about the 1830s. Um 
So when you see that gorget, no, it's not an equivalent of a necklace or some other decorative thing. See, now I would pronounce it with a hard G. I would have been like gorget, like forget gorget. But oh, see, I would have pronounced it like Tarzay. <laughs> <laughs> Gorget. I see that. No, but so it's actually. Well, how do you pronounce it again? Gorget. 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 Okay. Yeah, you put cool. the emphasis on the first syllable, so. Gorget. Gorget. All right, Gorget. very good. I like that. So, right. you know, we've been doing this whole arena thing. You talked me into doing a two-man team on arena, so it's it's a, a warlock and a rogue. And we actually went in this to not win anything, just to get the base level arena points you can get for losing every battle. But we've won a couple, haven't we? We have, and I think there's one team we beat twice. And, you know, I know you've got some add-ons for uh, arenas which, which help you target people. I don't have any of that. I don't have, you know, I still get into the arena, and I still run, like, you know, my, my goal is to find somewhere that they can't see me, I can target them, and I can at least throw some dots on before it. I'm a clothy, I'm a squishy, I just, you know, I, I die quickly. So I don't have time to sit there and look for people. So I just typically assist you, and you're like, hey, go get this guy. Uh, but yeah, we took out uh, a couple. We had a was it a, a warlock and somebody else one day that we took out a couple times. I think it was a paladin. Yeah, a warlock and a pally that we took out, and it's actually been fun in, in doing that. You know, and and I, I recommend to people if you're not in, uh, don't have an arena team, it's not something that's difficult to set up. Even though uh, Frankovay set ours up, uh, it didn't appear to me to be something extremely difficult to set up. It's more PvP stuff that you're doing, and it's actually kind of fun and. So if you could, I know this is supposed to be a little antidote. You're supposed to be telling the funny stories and stuff about it, which my only funny story is I, I, you know, we won, which was funny to me because we weren't expecting to. Tell us a little bit about the arena. You know, don't go into detail, but tell us a little bit about the whole setup and, and how many you have to do a week and when the days are and all that kind of stuff. Well, I'll tell you what. To set up our arena team, um, it was 80 gold. It gave me a charter just like, you know, you get a charter for um, starting a guild and how do you sign it so we're the founders. Now, it was a 2v2. However, we could have added, I don't know what the actual limit is, but we could have added more people to the team and only two of us go in at a time. And actually, we did do that. The second week, we had a third person. Now, how you get points is your team has to play at least 10, 10 games that week. You specifically have to be in at least 30% of those games. And it will give you that percentage um, if you hit H and it pulls up your honor screen. And we'll base it completely on your personal rating and what whether it's 2v2, 3v3, 5v5. And there's actually a specific calculator online that you can just plug in your rating and you can tell exactly how many points you'll get for that week. Um, we kind of picked a bad time to do it, though, because I didn't realize it was at the end of the season um, so we got a few points, and it's going to end up being more like practice, because once a new season starts, I don't think we made enough to actually buy anything, and it's we're going to have to pay for the, you know, purchase another charter if we want to do it over again next season. And w do you know when that was, the new season starting? I don't really right off the top of my head, but you brought up a couple good points that I hadn't even considered. Number one, 80 gold per season, so it does cost a little bit of, a little bit of gold to get into this thing. But, of course, if you are using Auctioneer the way we've been talking about this week, 80 gold is chump change. And the thing that confused me the most was the week 
Um, what, what what day of the week does the actual... Well, the week goes just like raids. It starts on a Tuesday and goes through Monday. Right. See, that's what so threw that's, me. Yeah, that's why if you, if you go and you're trying to do all your battles on Monday night, you will have a really long wait time because everyone's kind of procrastinating to do it on the same day, too. So lesson learned there is get them done as soon as possible, you know, on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whatever it is. But don't wait until Monday to get it done because everybody else in Wordle is waiting and you may not happen on you. And it doesn't cost a lot. 80 gold, not a lot. And you can have fun with it. You can learn a little bit about PvPing. Uh, I mean, I'm enjoying the heck out of our 2v2 team. It's a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, it's just something to pass the time with and make a little uh, little coin on the side there. Right. It doesn't take a whole lot of time um, on your end. And it just... It adds up every week. All right, you know, I think we've done enough damage this week um, for the show, anyhow. <laughs> I don't know about the game. <laughs> um, Freckleface did mention we have our Hearthcast ACN hotline. Now, I love doing contests, and here's the deal. Uh, I mentioned Swagdog earlier, swagdog.com. They've got this great thing going on where you can get your own custom shirt from the World of Warcraft. It's got your tune on it, your guild name, you know, all this cool stuff. It's uniquely your T-shirt. So here's what I'm going to do. We have the hot, the Hearthcast AC hotline, 321-558-7637. All messages that are left on our Hearthcast AC hotline will be entered into a monthly drawing for a Swag Dog t-shirt. What we're going to do, we'll pick the best message left. Uh, and what the best message that's left, automatically I'm going to give you a t-shirt. So it's not going to be a random drawing. It's going to be the person leaves the best message. Don't call up and leave an absolute, you know, just, hey, guys, how you doing? Don't, you know, don't do not do that. Contribute to the show. We'll contribute to the bottom line. We'll send you a swag dog shirt straight to your house. Now, also, know that you can get us online, www.hearthcast.com, our Hearthcast AC and hotline, 321-558-7637. You can email us at contribute at hearthcast.com. Or you can use our website submission form. We have a lot of ways for people to get a hold of us. People are. We're loving it. We love the people email us. Those are great. We appreciate those. And uh, we use a lot of that information in our shows on a weekly basis. Freckleface, what's coming up next week? Well, next week we're kind of going off um, what we did last week. We're going to kind of continue our um, discussion of professions and kind of look at how each player in each class kind of relies on the different professions. So now we're going to through the interdependability of professions. So if I'm a mm, Skinner, the direct the people who directly benefit from me, right? Exactly. Oh, great. So, okay, everybody, be sure to tune in then. That's next Tuesday. Hopefully, we know we're a little late this week. Life intervened. But uh, we should have it up next Tuesday. Until then, this has been Root. And Freckleface from Hardcast.com. Take care. like flush something what was that <laughs> now you're choking <laughs> this podcast has gone horribly wrong hello okay I, t- I took a sip of Diet Pepsi and I was trying to be like loud and obnoxious about it and then I made myself laugh <laughs>
<laughs> so the question is, did it? You know, do you spin any out your nose? No. <laughs> My eyes are all watered now. I am so keeping this in the show. <laughs> oh. Is there anything you want to say about that? No. Oh, okay. I did a little bit of fishing. Um. And what I fished up this week was a copper corn. A cop- <laughs> I not fished up copper corn. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> don't do these things to me, okay? <clears throat> okay, I fished up this week. I don't care, Jimmy Cat Corn. I don't care. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> this week I fished up Princess Kalia Menthol's copper corn. <laughs> There's too many seeds. Right. Copper coin. Right. Copper coin. Okay. No, I'm talking to the third person we have on our podcast this week. <laughs> okay. 